Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for coming tonight. If you haven't seen a panel before, this is something that we do every couple months at Sanctuary. Um, and this is the perfect theme for it, this idea of reviving your community, of let's bring the community on stage and see what happens. And the hope here isn't that, you know, we're not giving a sermon to you right now. The idea is that just a lot of the conversations that happen, you know, offstage, we're just going to hold microphones while we do it. Um, I love the panel because especially at a place like this, um, we could all sit through the same service. We could all be in the same conversation and walk away with like drastically different perspectives and interpretations of what that was. And this is a chance that we can just hear from a few different diverse perspectives of it. So um, my name's Chase. I've been coming to Sanctuary since 2009. So it's like been a long time. And I've gotten to see so many different versions of what this community looks like. And so um, this is a chance that we can both talk about where it's been and also like how we how we want it to go, where we want it to move, and what that would look like. Um, so I've got a panel of four awesome people, and I'll let you guys introduce yourself and uh, maybe how long you've been involved with Sanctuary and uh, just like one quick sentence of what your first impression of Sanctuary was. So for me, like I came in as an 18-year-old, and I was so intimidated. Everyone was like tall and had jobs, and I was like, this is... <laughs> terrifying. Um, <laughs> 10 years later, I have a job, so like knocked off half of that. Um, but yeah, it like, it felt like such a scary space. Um, and, and that was my experience. Cool. Um, my name is Alina. Uh, if you've been around Sank for a while, then you know that I used to be one of the pastors here at Sanctuary. I am now a youth pastor also at Menlo. I just decided I wanted more hormones and candy and <laughs> skateboards and all that. Um, but I have been on staff for a little over six years and started coming to Sanctuary when I joined staff. And my first impression was there is so much smoke in this room. Why is it so smoky in here? Casey. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Hi, uh, my name is uh, John. I've been coming here for about a year and a half, approximately. I'm actually a life group leader down in kind of Sunnyvale, um, Saratoga area. Uh, very nice. Um, and my first impression when I came, honestly, just like how friendly and welcoming you all are. I was really impressed in the start, and that's probably why I'm still here a year and a half later. And we're going to get to chat a little bit about community. And honestly, a lot of like what I'm going to say, I feel like a lot of what the people are going to be saying up here come from this experience being here as well. So it's not funny, but I mean, it's how I felt <laughs> when I first got here. So uh, I'm Megan. I'm also a life group leader, a volunteer with the crew team, and sometimes with the tech team. Um, I've been coming to Sank for two and a half years, almost three years. And the first time I was here, I had the same experience as John, but I walked away with a different feeling. I was immediately welcomed, and I was, as an introvert, like way overwhelmed and almost ran screaming out of the place. So <laughs> if, if you're an introvert, I feel you. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm Kyle. Um, I've been at Sanctuary for about three years, um, and I've done life groups for like two and a half years, and then uh, I was a life group leader for a little while. Um, and Chase knows this because I met him the first week that I was at Sync. Um, Chase is a very welcoming guy, so if you're new, you should say hi to Chase. Um, I felt uh, intimidated, kind of the same as you. I felt like um, everyone was uh, good looking and like knew each other, and I had just graduated college and had never been to this community before. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a little intimidated, and like, who should I talk to? Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Um, one quick note about 
tonight and how this is going to happen. Um, we're not going to just like shoot down and answer questions. Uh, one of the things that we really like about communities is a place where you can be authentic and real. And like, this is not how people have real conversations. You don't sit side by side. Um, so it might get a little chaotic. It's going to feel like um, a conversation with each other. Um, like, so before the panel, like, feel free to talk over each other. It can get like the view kind of crazy. <laughs> like, it, it can happen. Um, but um, just to kick it off, maybe we'll share like what. What is your definition of community, and what like why is what we're doing here different than that? You know, like what is specific about Jesus that changes how community happens? Jump in whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I said now. <laughs> Um, one of the things that, well, one of the ways I think about my kind of definition of community is really, like, a group of people who, over time, like, spending time with each other through conversations and just, like, hanging out together and just, essentially what I like to describe as doing life together, kind of just form these bonds and through all these experiences, slowly become closer and closer to each other where they start becoming a little bit more open and more open with sharing thoughts, ideas, things that are going on in their lives, things that are going like good, things that are bad, group of people that can laugh, laugh and cry with each other. Um, that's kind of my general kind of thoughts about like what I picture as a community. And then with a Christ-centered community, um, one of the things I find that's really, um, well, I just lost my train of thought right now. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I think is really cool about a Christ-centered community, especially a truly Christ-centered community where the body is actually, he, like, believes in the words of Jesus Christ, loves coming to church, not only to, like, just be with the people around, because the church is the people, it's not the place, it's not the building, but also enjoy, like, just worshiping and praising God as well. Um, and one of the things that you get from that is, one, a really authentic community, but a community that also cares and is really welcoming to other people as well. Um, th no matter what your history is, where you're at in life, who you are, um, doesn't matter. It's a, a truly Christ-centered community doesn't care about that. You are who you are, and we welcome and we love you for who you are as well. So that's what I think of it. Yeah, I'd just like to, I'd like to add to that too, that I think what you're getting at is like each individual in the church needs to be invested in, and, and authentic in order to develop and build an authentic community. It can't just be a bunch of the old guard leaders and then all y'all get to come here and just enjoy the show. It's more like every single person needs to be authentic and invested and that's how we build an authentic community. And I guess to define authentic, what I'm thinking of is some like genuine or sincere. And I guess what that would look like would be so confession, I like to embellish my stories a little bit, and so I like interject little white lies in there to make it seem more interesting. And so, can you, one, can you give us an example? Uh, uh, <laughs> and are you doing it right now? Like I was climbing Half Dome and I like slipped and I almost died, but like I actually didn't slip and I didn't almost die. So, um, so that would be like an example. Um, where I have an opportunity to choose to be sincere. If I'm telling a story or if I'm, if I'm being vulnerable, um, trying not to go into the mode of making it funny like I just did, but, but actually being sincere and not 
like choosing not to interject like a white lie or choosing not to um, bring bravado into it or ego. Like, oh yeah, like you're suffering. Well, I'm I'm like my parents died and et cetera, et cetera. You know, like I don't need to one up people in suffering. Anyway, I, I'm kind of rambling on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have? So you mentioned like it, it kind of is everybody's job to come together. Um, and there were points where all of us weren't, you know, wouldn't identify as like I am part of this community. What what did that feel like and what brought you to a place where you wanted to kind of take some extra steps to to get involved? You know, I'm sure you probably heard a talk on stage like this and it was like, okay, cool, yeah, everyone wants friends, that's great. But what was it that brought you to um, you know, kind of step outside yourself a little bit and and get involved? I think the the Bay Area can be a really isolating place. Um, it's really individualistic. Um, people are really focused on their jobs and focused on um, basically like production value. Like how much are you producing? How much money are you making? What, what role do you have? Um, and that leads to just a lot of people who I think feel lonely, but a lot of people also who don't want to admit that they feel lonely. Like nobody wants to be the one person in the room who's like, man, I have no friends. Um, but the fact is that like everybody in this room, everybody who is, ever comes into a community, like there's always a point where you are there for the first time and you don't know anybody. Um, and I think that part of what helped me was just realizing like I'm not the only person in the room who's feeling that. And probably there are like 20 people who are just waiting for someone else to say like, hey, I have no friends, be my friend. Um, you can raise your and hand And everyone else is like, oh, you. me too. <laughs> um, and it just, I mean, it just takes one person to say, I'm a loner, are you a loner? Um, to get it started. Yeah. Yo, yo, that's why, um, that's why, that's why star groups are so great. Because the difference like to coming on a Sunday night and for me when I, first started coming to Sanctuary, it's like, you know, like it's hard to find out where you're going to sit and, you know, there's a person next to you and you can talk to that person, but it's kind of like there's so many people and it seems like people know each other, so it's kind of hard to decide who to talk to. Um, and so, like, start groups is great because when you show up to start groups, and that's where I met, like, my closest friends at Sanctuary, um, because you're both coming from the same place of, like, I'm new and I don't know people and um, I'm trying to get connected. Yeah, it's actually really funny. At first, when we, met, when we were just kind of sharing our like, first initial impressions of Sanctuary, definitely very friendly, but after Kyle mentioned that, like, really intimidating, yeah, it was very <laughs> intimidating, not going to lie. It took me, honestly, like, a number of, like, kind of months, like, on and off, like, every other week or every three weeks, just kind of like, I'm not so sure, kind of thing. The thing of, like, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable, like, just going up to someone talking, just, like, introducing myself and saying, hi, I'm new here, what's your name, stuff like that. And honest, I mean, it's, I feel like unless you're very special, like, very, like, into that and you really enjoy that, it's not the easiest thing. It's never the easiest thing to do, no matter how many times you do it. Um, and so one of the things is picking that first step. Um, but I think for me, when I really kind of realized I wanted to get, get into a community was kind of like what you were talking about, about being lonely. Like, after college, graduated, and then I started, like, looking for jobs and stuff like that, and I was just kind of like, most of my friends from high school had like moved away. I still have some really good friends. A couple I'm still, uh, actually most of them are still, well, okay, third of them are still in the Bay Area. But anyways, um, that I still like hanging out with every once in a while, but it was just like, it's not quite the same. We see each other maybe every couple weeks or something like that. And so 
eventually I started doing starting group, which again is fantastic. A little shame, shameless plug, just going in there. Um, but seriously, if you are n like interested in getting interested in community, starting points is a great way to do. That's how I got plugged into a life group um, that started there. I wasn't initially a leader, but then some things happened, and eventually I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm the leader now. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> um, but honestly, it's really great, and oftentimes it just takes that first little step, whether you're going to starting point or whether just walking up to someone and being like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, so what would you guys say is the reason to really dig into that Jesus-centered community that you were talking about? Because after, you know, I've been here for a long time, and I've seen a lot of people will come to this place because they feel the loneliness, Selena, you were talking about, and they'll make friends because it is a welcoming environment, and then they have their friends, and then so their friends, they just kind of go hang out on Sunday night instead of, you know, being involved in a Sunday night here or being involved in a life group or something like that. What is so special and meaningful about that community rather than just, okay, cool, I've got some friends. I have people that I can spend my time with. And if, maybe if you have any experiences from yourself of what community has meant to you in that sense. Uh, so community, so the reason why I started coming to church was I was going through um, a personal struggle. Like I had somewhere along the line, uh, along my childhood, um, internalized the belief that I was not lovable and that I was also not capable of loving. Um, and so coming here, I was on the one hand searching for like, Jesus' love, because it's supposed to be unconditional. Um, but I didn't really know what that would look like. And so plugging into Life Group and plugging into, um, you know, being on the tech team and being on the crew team, God reached out to me and showed me love through his people. Like, I would not have known that God loved me unless he, like, put people into my life who could show me what that looks like, because I didn't always get that growing up. Like, I don't mean to say that, like, my parents were terrible, they were super supportive, but um, they didn't quite know how to show Jesus's love, agape love, to me, and so I had to get that to heal, and now that I'm filled with God's love, it's it's been transformative. I can now, like, um, I don't know if you guys have been following the All You Need Is Love series that John's doing, but he mentioned last week, um, you need to fill up with God's love in order for it to flow out of you. And I had to experience that through community in order to be able to like plug back in and give back. So it's been a transformative experience for me to be part of a community and especially this one. I think uh, piggybacking off of that, um, I've heard the phrase said before of like, uh, sometimes you need Jesus with skin on. The idea of like, sometimes you need um, a fellow believer to just like hear what you have to share, what you're going through, or to speak a word of truth, um, whether it's scripture or it's just something that comes to them, um, to you. And, and so, yeah, sometimes you just need to hear it from a person. And, um, yeah, cause like ultimately we're a, we're a, we come together cause we're like a grace centered community and ultimately like we believe in the gospel and we believe that, um, that it's by grace that we're saved. And um, I think that really transforms, like, for example, in my life group, um, it's, it's a really healing process to 
um, to have people share their stories or whatever it is that they're going through and have people sort of just like sit with you in it and say like, that's okay. Or say like, I relate with that. And I think um, sometimes, I don't wanna speak for every community, but sometimes um, in communities outside of the church where you don't have that basis of grace, you don't have that basis of the gospel, um, you know, it's more ego-centered or it's more competitive or, or whatnot. Um, so anyway, just piggybacking off of that for me in life group, that's been an amazing gift, being able to have those deeper conversations and as well as just being able to receive grace and receive love for whatever it is you're going through because um, we're all going through something. I think just going off that, another thing that we get through Christian community is just a better understanding of God. Like everybody in this room has a different experience with God and experiences God in a different way um, and in different times than other people. Um, and if we just rely on our own experiences of God, our own ideas of God, we're left with this very narrow mindset um, but the more people that you can bounce those ideas off of, the more of those stories that you can hear, the more times you hear people's testimony or see grace, um, the, the broader your understanding of God can be. And I think Christian community just, it's a picture of what heaven is going to be like. Um, and we get to see that in one another and through one another all the time. Um, okay, so I think we can all agree, like, community is something good. It's worth pursuing why doesn't that always happen? Like, let's, let's get to the nitty-gritty. What feels difficult about this sort of community that we're describing, and what can we do about it? So what, what feels the hardest to you about engaging in that sort of community that I think we would all love to have? I think the biggest thing for me about actually kind of, in terms of, like, either the process or continuing, like, to build, like, to get into a community or build relationships with people is honestly the investment. It takes time and um, energy to actually like create relationships and be and get to know other people. Um, I think we mentioned it earlier. Like the more time you get to hang out with people and get to know them a little bit more, the more you can build those relationships. The more you can start to feel more vulnerable with the people around you and to grow with each other as well. Challenge each other. Be there when everyone's having a fun time and laughing, be with each other and comfort each other when they're crying as well. And in order to get to that point, it takes time. It takes a lot of time and effort um, to actually get there. And that's one of the things I've struggled with a long time doing. Um, I'd like go somewhere every once in a while and then like maybe like once every couple weeks or so. And then eventually I'd be like, I show up, I've met a couple people once or twice and then I'd be like, oh, I actually don't really know you, and I don't have really any friends here. Why do I not have friends? Well, because you didn't, you skipped like three weeks of going, that's why. Um, but it honestly, it really just takes a lot of effort and time to actually engage in those relationships, um, which isn't always easy, but it's important. Uh, another challenge I face is, um, or that I have faced is just that everyone's broken, like in some capacity, whether it's majorly or minorly, you know, like little white lies or like major <laughs> life lies. <laughs> um, we're, we're all broken and so that's where, like Kyle was saying, the grace of God comes in, but we need that consistent investment in our faith, in our relationship with God and then through other people. Um, 
I think in addition to like even deeper than investment is like we can write off, oh, it's the Bay Area, everyone's transient, like people are just gonna leave. Okay, like your cat could die, but are you gonna stop loving it? Like, <laughs> you know, like your cat only lives seven years. Okay, but are you just not gonna love it then? Are you not gonna invest in it? Are you not gonna feed it, right? So in that we have a choice, like we, as a community can choose to invest. It's not something that we can afford to write off. So that's just my two cents. I love that you shared that. That's all I wanna say. I just love that you shared that. <laughs> I, it's a great perspective. Yeah, you guys have been talking about investment. I think one of the hardest things about community is a lot of times we want community, but we want it on our own terms. Like, we want community when it's convenient for us. We want community when it fits into our schedule. But a lot of times we don't want to prioritize it or drop the things from our schedule that would make community happen. And I've heard so many of the same thing. Like, I don't know anybody here. And I'm like, well, you come once a month. If you come once a month and you leave before the service is over, you're never going to meet anybody. It, it takes more effort. It takes more time. And um, there was this meme about Jesus that came out earlier this year. I'm louding myself as a youth pastor right now. Um, I actually asked my high schoolers if this was called a meme or something else, and then they were like, you are so old. Um, but it was like, the, the biggest miracle in the Bible is that Jesus was in his 30s and still had 12 close friends. And we think that that's so weird because when you get to that point, like you have so many other things going on in your life that it's hard to keep up those relationships. Um, but if you, if you want them, you can have them. You just have to know that there are a finite amount of hours in the day, and you're going to need to sacrifice other things if you want to have a strong community. Yeah, I think uh, I was just thinking, I was going to say it earlier, but I completely forgot again. Um, but um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with John Ortberg's book. Um, he, it came out about a year ago, I believe. Um, it's, I think it's called um, I'd Like You More If You Were More Like Me. Just a great title. It's got a dog and a cat in it, but anyways. Um, and one of my favorite parts about it that kind of stuck with me um, was that, I guess the way I like to describe it is essentially that relationships, well, okay, well, first of all, the book in general is on relationships, whether it be like romantic ones, friends, coworkers, relationship with God, family, anything like that. It just like talks about relationships. And one of the things that, it, one of the chapters, I forget which one, but which, one of the chapters it talks about is how relationships are a two-way road, basically. It takes investment from both parties. Again, both like in physical community around us, but then also like with us relationship to God as well. Um, a response to worship, um, listening to him, listening to each other as well, and spending time with each other as well. It takes investment um, going both ways, basically. Uh, I'm going to talk. I'm not supposed to, but that made me think of something. Um, <laughs> I, I love that because I remember when I was in college, it was like you, there's a bunch of different fellowships on campus, and they all kind of have their own different personalities in the same way. You know, there's so many churches that are like that, too. People say things like church hopping and things. Um, and I was trying to figure out, like, okay, which group do I invest in? And it was really my choice. And there was one group that, like, was very much how comfortable how I grew up. Like they would go on surf trips and do barbecues and things like that. And I was like, oh, I wanna do that, that sounds so amazing. And then there was another one where it was like um, a lot of international students coming from cultures that I didn't, you know, like it was, it was all new to me and, and much more introverted and you can tell I like to talk a lot. Um, and 
there was this like small moment of clarity where I was like, I need to go to the one that feels uncomfortable because I need to grow. And there was that moment, like, I'm so glad that happened because that was the two, two weeks where I could have felt that way. And then I spent like two years just being upset there because I totally lost the growth mentality and was just like, I don't fit in here. This isn't comfortable for me. And um, the moment that I started being like, that's not why you joined here. You didn't join here to be comfortable. You joined here because it was different and that difference was gonna help grow you. I had to like, I learned so much about like uh, the experiences of an immigrant, right? Or um, like all these philosophers, thinkers, I never would have picked up on my own because it came out of my own world. And it was like, I didn't fit in at all. It wasn't comfortable for me, but it was so much better for me because of that. And so that's a segue. I'm going to wrap it back to a question. What are some ways that um, if you had recommendations, um, action steps that you could offer, you know, the sanctuary community as a whole of how to, how to get invested and how to choose into that community, even though it feels hard and it feels difficult? Starting point. And what is starting point? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I knew I was going to get away from that. Um, but basically, starting point is uh, it's a five-week program. I believe it's a five-week program, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't work okay, here. Okay, I think it's five-week program. It's five weeks. Mark, Mark's going to talk, Mark's talk about that, that. after. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Um, but basically, starting point is a great place if either you're new, you've never been to sync, or if you are coming back after being gone for a while. And basically, it's five weeks. They go over either like a video series or a study, um, and basically it's once a week, and you go and you do basically you sit at tables, have dinner together, um, get to meet people, and um, discuss what you're basically what you're studying. And it's a great way to one continually like meet people. Oftentimes they'll have you sit at tables, like at least the when I was there, they had to sit at tables based on location. Um, and so you get to kind of meet those people, and then oftentimes you can come away with creating like maybe like starting a little life group. Um, and just like starting a little community that can kind of slowly grow in that sense. And then just another one that I personally, I guess this is more me, <laughs> I guess, but it might help is just honestly just going up and talking to someone. It's, it's uh, when I say it, it sounds way easier than it actually is, but honestly, if you just, even just once, take that chance to go up and just meet someone, try to remember the name and come back next week and also say hi to them again. Just like those little steps can kind of just build on each other and create something, um, something extraordinary in the long term as well. Another thing you can do if you're here tonight, because um, I don't know when the next starting point is, um, is in the front. Sorry if I'm like taking your job, Mark. In the front, there's the there's the monitors, and you can scroll through and see life groups and see where they're located. I think they're located like from Sunnyvale through San Carlos or something like that. Um, and then you can just put in your, I don't know, write a little note, um, and then you can go check out life groups. And um, speaking for myself, because I visited a few life groups, people are always welcoming. Like, usually it's going to be at someone's house, and uh, yeah, everyone was always super welcoming. So if you don't want to wait until starting point, I would recommend just talk to one of the welcome team up there or just fill out one of those forms and uh, check out a life group this week. Serving is a great one too. Serving's like kind of an introvert's dream because instead of having to come and like figure out what to do with yourself and small talk with people, you come and you have a purpose. Like you're here and you know exactly what you're doing and you do your job. Um, and with that, like you, you end up with people around you who have similar interests um, and who are a smaller group of people. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of built-in community there. I know like for our middle and high school life group leaders, like there is community that is in that. I'm sure for the people on the band, there is community that is in that. Um, and it's an easy like, oh, well we both play the drums and we both love Jesus, so best friends. <laughs> I don't and play the drums though, so we can't be best friends. Womp <laughs> womp. Um, a plug for people who are ready for this, if you're in already invested in the community, um, I'd like to challenge people to be bold and to actually ask questions and talk about Jesus. I hear a lot of super superficial conversation, like, what's your job? Can you get me a job? <laughs> I mean, not that, like, that bad, but, you know. <laughs> It's kind of like along those lines. So I guess I'm, I'm just up here challenging the community to actually talk about Jesus, to actually talk about the sermons when we leave this room, when we go to Dutch Goose, when we're hanging out in the cafe. Ask questions about scripture. Talk to someone who knows scripture um, if you don't know it. I think just going off of that too, like community is only as deep as the first person to go to a deeper level will make it. Like. I think a lot of times people want to be more vulnerable, but they're just waiting to see, like, is it okay for me to say this? Is it okay for me to go beyond just telling you what my job is? Is it okay for me to tell you, like, the hard stuff going on in my life? And kind of like being, feeling alone, if you're the first person to say something, I think you'll be really surprised by how many people also have deeper things that they want to be sharing. Yeah, and I think, John, like you said, the the church is not a building, it's not a Sunday service or, you know, like a weekly small group. It really is a group of people. And I think about like the um, authenticity moment, like I am so bad in small groups. Like they drive me crazy. I'm just like, I need to be polite and make sure everyone's talking and happy that I don't actually bring myself to it. Like it's really difficult for me to be there. But I've met people at small groups or in this room that it's like, like, I love rock climbing. You like rock climbing? Let's go climb on Thursday. And we'll climb, and in that in-between time, or like, like we go to Safeway after and get smoothies, which is the most high school thing ever. Uh, <laughs> but like, that to me is my small group. That's where I have the conversations, and I can, I can be real and be authentic and you know, share the things that maybe I won't share in like a room of eight people that we're all trying to be there, but I don't, you know, I don't know what's gonna be offensive or if like, I don't have a trust built up then. And I would say like, those are great moments too. Like, like start groups are perfect, um, especially if you're new and just like don't even have anyone to connect with. Um, but those are invitations too, right? Like what we're doing with the community isn't just uh, a sank sponsored event. Um, I think we're pretty close to time. Do you, any of you guys have any like burning things you wanna mention or share? Um, Alina, I'm gonna ask you to do this because I think it's important. I think you're the only married person on the panel. What does being married and community, how do those mesh together? Um, I think being married and, and, and be as honest as you yeah. like. Um, getting married is a weird thing when you're part of a community of a lot of single people. Um, because when you get married, suddenly it's like you died. And they're like, <laughs> like, I don't get any more husbands, but I can still have more friends. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing where suddenly people are like, oh, well, you like, you guys have each other. So you don't really need more community than that. And I, I love my husband, and I'm not just saying that because he's here, but <laughs> I need more friends than just him. Um, and I think particularly in a community like Sank, a lot of people leave when they get married because they just don't feel like 
they have a place anymore. They don't feel like people, you know, there's kind of this like, oh, well, now we're like your third wheel. Um, and married people are still people, so. <laughs> Yay. That's great. Um, thank you all so much. Um, we're going to close out the panel now. Uh, can we give a round of applause to um, our gracious panel members? Uh, we're about to enter back into a time of worship. If you guys could bow your heads and pray with me. Um, Father, we thank you so much for this time that we could uh, just be real. Um, we're so grateful for a space where we can come not having things figured out uh, and, and not just be tolerated, but have our differences be uh, celebrated. And I just pray that um, for this community, whatever you are calling us to do, whatever feels compelling in our hearts, um, that, that we would be able to respond to that, um, that we could be a community that feels Christ-centered, um, a community of grace and of love and of invitation and of accountability, um, that this could be a place that we can all uh, grow together uh, for the sake of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>